Part fifteen of Alador by Henry Newbolt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters forty three to forty five. Chapter forty three. How Enya showed Ewan of the enchantments of the Rhymer and of them which do thereafter. So in this wise Ewan and Enya fulfilled their youth, and they entered into newness of life and they endured no more the fear of time, for in Alador are days and seasons, but no count of them, and there is there neither change nor perishing. Now on a day it befell that they two stood together at dawn, looking upon the sea, and the sun rose out of the sea, and went swiftly up the sky. And Ewan looked upon the sea, and he saw it bright and clear, even to the farthest border, and there was neither land nor cloud upon it, but gold only, and a void space above the gold. And thereat he was astonished, and he asked of Enya, Where then is Palador? For I came thence by no long voyage. And she smiled a little, and answered him, Let be, dear love, for it is not far off, and as much thereof as was yours, so much is yours still, for so much you brought hither when you came, and this is the law of Alador, that in it hath every man his own, and nothing less. Yea, rather he hath more, for unto his own vision are added many great enchantments. Then said Ewan, Which be these enchantments? And she answered, They are the enchantments of the Rhymer, that was a wizard indeed, and his magic he left to all such as are able for it, unto the world's end, and many there be of them. Then she took Ewan up into a higher tower, and so forth unto the battlements thereof, and she said, Look now, and behold the sorrows of Gudrun, for she loved much, and suffered many things, and her end was full of right piteous remembrance. And Ewan looked down from the battlements, and he saw a steep coast and a river which ran swiftly to a western sea, and there lay hard by the river a steading upon a knoll amidst the vale, and it nourished plenteously both sheep and kine, and an old man he saw which dwelt therein, and five boys that were his sons, and one more that was his brother's son. And all they went among the cattle, and rode by hill and by dale. And Ewan looked further, by a seven mile, and he saw yet another steading, amidst the grey slopes, and there also was an old man dwelling, and five sons and a daughter thereto, and these men likewise went among the cattle, and rode by hill and by dale, and the maiden tended them within the hall. And Ewan saw how the folk would come and go between the steadings, and how in their dealing there would be love and strife among them. Then Enya asked of him, What see you? And he told her of that which he saw. And she said, Not so shall be your vision, for though by your deeming these are but country folk, and their land a little land and a barren, yet is your deeming vain, and their life is greater than you know. Look therefore again, and by enchantment shall your eyes be made clear to see them. Then Ewan looked again, and as he looked a voice was in his ears, and his heart-strings rung deeply thereto, for they were plucked and quivering as beneath the hand of a strong harper. And now he saw that land after another fashion, for he saw it as a strange and awful land, and the folk of it as a folk beset with fearful things, yet fearing naught, as men in the hollow of God's hand. And as folk, loving and beloved, he saw them, 
and strong and uncomplaining and compassionate yet also working wild deeds after the manner of men for he saw young kiartan the icelander and bodley that was his friend and fellow and gudrun that was beloved of them both and the double skein of their love was tangled and broken in his sight and first the voice showed him all the love of kiartan and gudrun and how kiartan came daily from herdholt by moor and dale unto the house of bathstead wherein gudrun dwelt and how her heart fluttered joyfully at the hearing of his footfall and long they talked together and at evening departed hardly each from other and their very parting was sweet for in that moment the veil of time would fall away from before them so that they saw love whole and without cloud then the voice bade ewan to see the pride of kiartan whereby he went adventuring over sea and he saw how kiartan came across the foam to norroway and there lingered by the space of three good years making pastime of another love and that was the love of ingibjorg that was king olaf's daughter yet at the last he left her also and returned howbeit he returned not till it was too late and the voice showed ewan all the sorrows of bodley thorlake's son for he was of all her lovers the man which most loved gudrun and ewan saw him come alone from norroway with tidings of kiartan and of ingibjorg and thereby he wedded gudrun and fulfilled his longing and his doom then ewan's heart trembled with pity and with terror for he saw how kiartan came again after three years and found gudrun gone from him utterly and given to his friend and upon kiartan also came despair as it had come before upon gudrun so that he turned him to refna and wedded where he had no heart's desire and thereafter fell great bitterness between herdholt and bathstead and though there was love still between bodley and kiartan yet was their death also by the custom of men for on a dark road among the hills came kiartan riding with two more and there met him all the five brothers of gudrun and bodley with them and ewan saw how kiartan fought strongly with gudrun's kin and bodley stood apart yet at the last he might not forsake the men of his own house and he drew near the fighting and thrust his sword into the side of kiartan whom he loved and ewan knew that he had slain therewith his own soul also then said the voice to ewan that he should look once more upon gudrun for that she lived long afterwards when the rest were gone their way and ewan saw her as an old and sightless dame and she sat within her bower at evening and it was summer with hay in the field and the carles sang as they went homeward and the sea murmured below and above was a chapel on the hill with bells which rang therein and gudrun sat there with her son that was the son of bodley and he asked her of those whom she had loved which was most loved and she told him in no plain words but in a dark and sorrowful saying for she that was blind and old saw again her halts and her youth and the deeds that she had done therein then the voice ceased and the vision and ewan looked upon enya and he would have spoken but he could not for his voice was choked within his throat and she smiled tenderly upon him as one that has understanding of pain and therewith she gave her hand into his hand 
and presently he spoke and said, What is this place, and whose is the voice which I heard? And she said, It is the Rhymer's Tower, and the voice is the voice of one which had the Rhymer's magic, for there are here many voices, and all to your solace, and by them is the world remade after the fashion of life enduring. Chapter 44 How Ewan beheld his lady sleeping, and how he desired to see the castle of Kerioc. So Ewan dwelt in a land of enchantments, and had his will thereof continually, and many things he devised for his joyance, and one thing beyond all other, for it befell him on a day that he awoke at dawn, and thereafter came the sunrise, and made light the chamber where he was. And he turned him, and looked upon Enya, thereas she lay still sleeping. And her face was fresh, and clear, and tranquil, as the face of a little maid in her flower of youth. And as Ewan looked upon her, his heart was pricked through with a sudden pain, for he saw her as she had been aforetime, in the days when she was no lady of his. And the pain was sharp, for well nigh he forgot that which he knew of her, and thought only on that which he knew not. And he perceived that he could never come thereto, except he should go behind the back of time. Then Enya awoke, and saw him looking down upon her, and she said, Oh, my beloved, why look you so darkly upon me? And he said, Great things have you given me, and great enchantments have you showed me, but one thing I lack that you have held from me. Then she asked of him, What have I held from you, or what will you ask of me that I will not give you presently? And he was glad of that word, and made request of her, saying, I beseech you that you bring me into the castle of Kerioc, wherein you were born and nurtured, for except I see the manner of your youth therein, I am not wholly mingled with your life. And when she heard him she laughed, and loved him in her heart, for that which he asked was pleasing to her, and she said to him, Go now and have your will, for your request is granted you, and you shall go by the way of yesterday, and enter into the garden close, and come thence into the place beyond, and you shall stand therein, looking upon the ground, and speaking no word, save one word, that is your name, and that you shall say aloud by a hundred times and one. So prove your adventure, and come again to me, for until you come I am alone." Then Ewan kissed her thrice, and went out, and he went by the way of the garden close, and came to the place beyond. And he stood and looked downward upon the ground, and spoke his own name aloud. And when he had spoken it but a score of times, then his name was his name no longer, but a sound without sense and void. And he knew that the place was changed wherein he stood, and he looked up and saw the sea hard by him, and by the sea was a castle, both great and ancient. And he went forward boldly, and entered into the castle, without help or hindrance. Then he went spying out all things within the castle, and he found it rich and well beseen, and folk there were therein, but they took no heed of him, no more than if he had not been. And at the last he heard a voice singing and coming towards him, and presently there came to him a little maid, and she left singing, and looked curiously upon him, as one that knew him not. Then his heart was buffeted within him, for she was the maid which he sought, but he perceived that she had of him neither love nor knowledge. 
and he said to her, Of a surety you are Enya, but where is she which is my lady in Alador? And the child looked upon him with clear eyes, and she answered him in a little voice and sweet, Sir stranger, you come hither too late, for long ago she is grown up and gone away. Then fear came upon him, and he longed to be with his own again, and he woke as from a vain dream, and stood in his chamber whence he had gone forth. And before him was his lady in her own image, and her kisses were still upon his lips, and she lay looking upon him in the sunlight, and her eyes were filled with love and with laughter. Chapter 45 How Ewan found again him which was forgotten in Alador, and how he heard a ring of bells at midnight. Thereafter came Ewan many times into the castle of Kerioc, and Enya with him, for she loved greatly to have him there, notwithstanding that she had a good game at him when he went thither the first time, and in especial she would have him there in winter at the time of Yule, for that castle stands by the very margent of the sea upon a high rock, and it is in fashion like to an island, for on the one side it is set high above the land, and on the other side it goes down steeply toward the shore, and the wind of winter goes over it from the land seaward, and on the shore is warm lying among the sand-hills, which are beneath the castle, and above the sand-hills is a postern-gate, and steps of stone, and thereby came Ewan and Enya many times on to the shore at midnight, that they might see the stars and hear the crying of the birds, for the sea-birds cry about that place, with a sweet cry and a sad, and in the darkness they draw near and are not seen, as it were, the souls of the beloved. So after this wise Ewan and Enya came and went, and they took of all seasons such days as they would, and lived carelessly, for they were as those which have more than they can spend. And after certain times it was so with Ewan that he remembered no longer the days when he knew not Kerioc, for his life was changed and deepened as a river is deepened, when twain flow together in one. And he desired no more, save that he might always so continue, for he forgot that the road of his pilgrimage was not yet passed beyond the gateway of death. Yet at the last he remembered it perforce. For upon a day he wandered alone in the castle of Kerioc, and by chance he came into a crypt that was thereunder, and in the crypt he spied a door which was well locked and made fast so that he could not open it. Then he came to Enya and said, What is this door whereof you gave me not the key? For all other keys she had given him save this one only. And she denied not, but answered him plainly, and she counselled him that he should forbear that door. But when she saw that he would not forbear, then she gave him the key, and she said to him, Go now and take your way for it is a man's way, and it may be that your heart shall be stronger than your head to serve you, and if not, then must I endure it, for I knew long since how this should be. And Ewan perceived how she spoke to him, and she spoke with love and mirth, and in the mirth was a little sorrow, but he put by the sorrow and took hold on the mirth, and so kissed her and went his way. And he came to the door and opened it, and within were bare chambers of rock in manner of dungeons, and in one chamber he perceived a dim light, and when he was come there he saw a lamp of bronze hanging, 
and beneath it an old man on a chair of black stone and his beard was long and white and it fell over his knees as a stream falls over a mountainside and when he saw him ewan trembled for his heart misgave him who the old man should be then ewan said to him sir forgive me for i came hither unknowing and the old man answered him my son this long time that you have been in Aladore, you do all things unknowing and ewan said thereto yet my life i know and my own gladness for this a man cannot but know and it suffices me then the old man looked hard upon ewan and his eyes were like grey stones and the weight of them sank into ewan's eyes and lay heavy upon his heart and he said to ewan you speak also unknowing for alador is no substance of truth but all is dream and this for you is keriok and the seventh winter that you are herein that all is dream for since you forgot palador it is not yet seven days and as for keriok it is there where it was aforetime beside the forest of Brasseliond. then ewan hardened his heart and he said to the old man sir i have heard your saying and i understand it not for i am here and in my right mind and therein is the substance of truth for every man and the old man said not so but you shall awake and know your dream and i will give you a token and the token shall be when you shall hear the bells of palador ringing midnight in your ears then was ewan angered against the old man for he feared his saying and he left him suddenly and went out and locked the door fiercely upon him and he came to enya and said no word and she perceived how he was lost in trouble then she spoke gently to him tell me your thought for i perceive that you have found again him that was forgotten then ewan told her of the old man and of his great beard and of his eyes and of his evil saying and he told her with many words for he was angry and afraid and she also was afraid for she had seen that old man aforetime and found no force against him but now she took her lute and made a song of him and when he heard the song then was ewan brought again into his former mind as for that time but enya doubted within herself then within a while the day drew in and the sun set on keriok and all the lands of alador and ewan and enya laid them to their rest and enya slept deep and stirred not but ewan awoke suddenly and he found darkness on all things and no light at all for moon there was none and the stars were hid in mist and for a while he lay still and moved not but his mind moved continually and it led him hither and thither until he was perplexed and weary and in an evil moment he thought on that old man which he had seen and instantly he heard a sound of bells and he knew that they were the bells of palador for they were sounding midnight then he started up in fear and went softly out of the chamber for he said within himself that he would walk upon the shore and come again and so ease him of his thought so he came to the postern and opened it and went down upon the sand-hills and he wandered to and fro thereon without respect of mind or body and at the last he was fordone with weariness and set him down to rest and right so he fell to forgetfulness and sleep and when he awoke the second time it was grey dawn 
and the mist was still upon the sea and he turned him about and looked up that he might see the castle of kerioc and he saw neither shape nor sign of it nor any way of his returning but he saw instead a high steep grey and green and walls and towers thereon then the mist began to depart from before his eyes and he knew the place as a man knows again the face which he had forgotten and his heart failed within him and the sun rose on palador end of part fifteen